Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the WKFOMA. The birds are singing, the, the bees are buzzing. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Billionaires are losing money, and we're talking about a movie made two years ago. Um, okay, let's go. I'm introducing everybody. Kanye, say hi. Hi. Kai, say hi. Hello there. Shafi, say hi. Hello, everyone. Okay, cool. Okay, who wants to introduce the movie? Uh, I'll go. I'll go ahead. Um, okay, give us everything you want to give us about the movie, including the actors, director, and all that jazz. So, yes, everyone. Uh, we are t- Today we are talking about Spike Lee's 2018 film, Black Klansman. Uh, black with uh, three Ks. Uh, so, yeah, this, this Isn't film... Isn't it one word with three Ks? Yeah, one word with three Ks, yeah. There we go. So, um, should I get like a synopsis of the film? Yeah, maybe. if you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe let me try and find a, a quick synopsis. Black Klansman. Black Klansman. All right, so, yeah, Colorado Springs, late 1970s. Ron Stallworth, an, an African-American police officer, and Flip Zimmerman, his Jewish colleague, run an undercover operation to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, so let me just uh, maybe give a deep dive on how I felt about the film. So this was my second time seeing the film. I saw it in 2019, and I was just telling uh, my my friends over here on the, on the cast that I gave this film a five out of five back then. Uh, and I even gave it like a heart on Letterboxd. And, you know, after watching it uh, um, recently now, um, I, I I don't like it that much. <laughs> Uh, not as much as I did back then. Um, for I'll start with one. Uh, there's a logical inconsistency that I noticed this time. Did you guys see that Ron changed apartments in the film? Like he was uh, like he, he changed like living the places. Apartments in the beginning, well, and then at the end of the movie, he has the house where they knock on the door. Yes, yes, exactly. And yeah. I'm like, what? When did this happen? Well, I mean, <laughs> they don't really need to specify the Ron's real estate problems, you know. <laughs> no, but well, it just I mean, felt super odd. Like, it it does why? it does feel inconsistency because it is a plot point in the movie where, oh, well, what's his name? Um, Felix. Yeah, Man, yeah. They're uh, really putting PewDiePie through the mud here. But anyway, Felix. <laughs> So yeah, so Felix, the the racist bastard that he is, goes to Ron's house because he looked him up on the phone book, expecting a white guy. He finds an African American police officer with what do you say, his partner? Because I don't think they're girlfriend at that point. They girlfriend and boyfriend. So let's just say, yeah, uh, no, they're, yeah, they're just partner. vibing. Vibing. Nice. Yeah. So he finds him there, and then what happens is that that's when the suspicion starts, where he thinks that. He's being played. I mean, he's too dumb to realize it in that moment. Yeah. But he, he can't even look up the man's job, his LinkedIn page. Oh, who's Ron Solworth? Oh, he's a police officer. Oh, maybe there's a connection there. But Zach, anyway. Zach, this is 1979. I that was something that didn't need to be an in- inconsistency, you know? I mean, even if that did actually happen in real life, that didn't need to happen in the film. And that's another thing I, I have against the film 
is I did a deep dive on like the historicity of it. And many things were many things were fabricated, like large, large portions of this film were fabricated, even more so than like yeah. the social network. Um, yeah, you can tell because it just it doesn't like the things they say, the phrases they talk about in mm. the movie doesn't feel like phrases you talk about in that time. Yeah. And there are some phrases that actually make sense, like historically. So there are some things that don't add up, but I mean, there are also like a lot of historical inconsistencies. Like I think it's set in the seventies, but um, but uh, I think the David Duke didn't become sort of the the leader of the Ku Klux Klan until after, um, until before. Wait, I think there was some sort of incons. There are a lot of inconsistencies in the film. Is the point I'm trying to make, but. Um, I mean, that's like, yeah. it's like with most Hollywood movies. Most I mean, films that are based on true events do have a lot of fabricated information just to, you know, make it more interesting to make the film better than what, than what it would have been. It, I mean, yeah. carbon copy I mean, what happened in life in the cinema, you know? Man, I well, think... Well, yeah, just take away from the realism of it all, but, you know... Honestly... You know, my favorite shot in the movie was it's it's between the uh, Ron's first call with David Duke and that hallway shot. The in, in between those two, one of my favorite um, shots in the movie, like that hallway that's like continuously moving as they look at the burning cross, is something I found really cool while I was watching it. And also that conversation with David Duke, especially the one where he talks about he's, he can he, he can tell. What race of person is talking to? My pronunciation. My pronunciation. Like there's R, and then there's Ara. 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 You sure? <laughs> that was mad. I cracked up, yo. No, so like the thing is with the the film, I well, what I know that is consistent in terms of historicity is the actual phone conversations. Like Stallworth did phone with Ku Klux Klan members and so on and so forth. Like what I'm saying is that when I watched the film in 2019, I had like a very, you know, like appreciation of it. Um, cause, cause in the film you can tell that uh, Spike Lee is commenting on Trump. Like it's, it's obvious. Um, and you know, some of the quotes that the characters say and so on, and literally even quoting Trump himself. But, but like what, has happened now, you know, with what has happened in recent days, this year in particular, now that Biden is now in office and so on, the the power and effects that the film had back then has kind of lost because it was so specific to that point in time. And I feel that kind of deflates the strength that Black Klansmen had. Uh, now it's more just a, a historical... And now it's just a historical bio biopic, and now that what it was directing at has kind of lost its essence. Do you get what I mean? Well, so do, I mean, so do you think that um, screenwriters and um, filmmakers, directors, what have you, shouldn't really date films? Because I think that you can. There's certain things, like say iPhones, for example. Obviously, um, certain iPhone models can. Um, really date a film and sort of keep it trapped in a very specific time and um, as opposed to general technology that we have 
if people looking at it from the future are just going to be like, oh, uh, you know, that's it's 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 going to well, stay consistent no matter like which epoch you switch to. So, do you think that like trying to that screenwriters and um, filmmakers should not date films in like the certain political era they're in, or um, I think certain... what Kanye's trying to get at is that the film is set in the 70s am i correct 1969 yes. 1970 the film has set then but it is referencing future events that's why i think there's a bit of that logical inconsistency because if it just stayed if it just stayed within the 1970s and david duke because david duke did want to get into politics at that time right instead of foreshadowing things it, if it stayed in there, it would have been a less jarring experience, especially now to to rewatch it because it's kind of if it was his plan, it hasn't worked in the four <laughs> years. Nothing really happened. Of well, things did happen, but nothing to the scale of what they would have wanted. Let's just and, say. And also, Shafi, let me just respond. It it is okay to date a film, but what I'm saying is that the power it once had is lost. Mm its statement oh, at that time is lost uh black Klansman does not have the effect on me it did have that back then because it, it 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 reached something like uh the, the horror that was happening at the time like now that i've passed it doesn't affect me like let's also look at like a film like um 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 i'm trying to think let's look at like abraham Link uh the movie lincoln by uh, steven oh. spielberg to the top like mm -hmm. That movie, let's say I, I as Kanye, born in the year 2002, would have a much different uh, feeling towards that film than someone who was actually born during that time in the early 1800s and so on. So I, as Kanye, in 2018, had a visceral feeling towards Black Klansmen because I was in that era. But now that I've come out of that era, now that the Trump era has uh, ended, I don't have that feeling anymore. And now the film is just lost in a historical void. And that's all it yeah. is now. Yeah. Yeah, because that's yeah, I the thing. I, uh, I mean, that makes sense. But another thing I wanted to talk about was um, a little bit, I, I want to talk about the the characters and okay okay because i really like the comedy in this movie i think the comedy is done really well in little bits because i think there's some parts that are really funny at the right time and it doesn't feel jarring in tone i don't know if you guys agree with me or not yeah I, uh, oh you know uh guys another thing about the film that was also very i'm very confused about is that like Adam Driver's character doesn't exist. Like Flip Zimmerman yeah, is not a real person. Mm -hmm. Also, um, uh, Ron Stallworth's girlfriend doesn't exist, Patricia. So I, that's another thing I'm just like confused about how to feel about the film. Like it's see, the thing it's, is, it's I very artificial. It, yeah, I took it as I took it as Hollywood. And they wanted to make Spike Lee wanted to make a movie because he he probably read somewhere that this happened and he probably thought this could be a real interesting movie to make, blah 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 blah. 
So then he said, you know, I'm actually going to put different aspects of the other things that would have happened historically. So he wanted to introduce the police brutality aspect and he introduced Patricia as a character in order to introduce that naturally in. Mm. So that's what he kind of did. He also wants yeah. to bring the KKK's anti-Semitism. So he made Philip Zimmerman a character for that. So uh, I think that's what I think he did. I think mostly it's, a, it's, it's an attempt to just make a... It's to make it's a yeah. film with a political message and like the, the the historical narrative was just a vehicle for him to do so, and exactly. he wasn't really mm-hmm. interested in making the in actually like portraying the story as it happened, but rather to just have the the idea, the foundation as a tool to actually make this film about the political message. Yeah, and I also think probably the most jarring thing in the movie is because, you know, there's a whole emphasis on the language that African-Americans used in that time. The first thing you see is that this story is based on for real, for real shit. Right? <laughs> That's the first thing you see. And then you don't get that, like, uh, because I don't know. It's like it's based on it's like the based on true events thing, but they spiced it, right? They added a bit of spice a to the based on true events. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's something you don't really see within the movie later on i mean the characters don't really especially ron because you know he can manipulate david duke's godlike years where he can listen to anybody and understand their <laughs> race and their ethnicity i mean that's just the stupid i can't take these people seriously when they say shit like that honestly because it makes zero sense in the way someone speaks the way they do because of how they were brought up and how people around them speak it doesn't necessarily mean that you can that you can't change it because you can change the way you speak by just learning how to speak differently because i can and, tell by that my accent has changed since i came to waterford since for one yeah. i've changed the way i've spoken i mean same here i mean like the way i speak now is completely different from before i ever met you guys um, even my character, just like the way I present myself is very different. I used to be a very, like, yeah, no, let's not even get into it. I don't want you guys to even. different before, like, 15 years old. But what I want to put out there is that it, it shows the logical inconsistency of people who think that way because... Mm you you're so you're so ingrained in this worldview that you can't make the simple logical connection that someone can change the way they speak yeah. like that's that's how blinded and ignorant they are that they, they mm-hmm. david duke in that in that phone call was would have ne- never thought that someone would have the balls to call him who was exactly. african-american so he yeah. never mm-hmm. thought it would happen and when someone asked him that he thought yeah Oh well, let me just make some things up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the film is, you know, it, it's definitely very well made, very well mm-hmm. acted, uh, and so on. It's, um, y- you know, you could call them. I, I think someone like in twenty eighteen would have called them nitpicks, but now it's like, it's it's yeah. it's actual criticism. Yeah. yeah. Now it, it, it's a real, and again, it's that sense that Black Klansman has lost that power it once had back then, uh, that mm. 
in the in its in the statement it once made. And you know, Black Klansman, it is touching on real things that happened in the time and the era. Uh, yeah. Though they didn't necessarily happen to Ron, it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, we all know about what happened back then because we all have picked up a history textbook once in our lives, and we understand. But another thing is that it's it's sort of the same as like if I had to make a movie about. Okay, if I had to make a movie about, um, I'm trying to think, okay, if I had to make a movie about the polio epidemic, right? Mm-hmm. If I had to make a movie about that, set it in the time that polio was at its highest, and then foreshadow COVID-19. Mm. See, that's the kind of, that's, that's, yeah. what, that's what's the most jarring to me. You're, bringing, mm-hmm. you're giving me historical things, and you're foreshadowing something that was happening when the movie came out. Yeah. You know, you're actually reminding me, uh, I spoke about it loosely when we were talking about uh, the Oceans trilogy. Um, Mm -hmm. The movie Contagion, the the Contagion, the movie that blew up last year because uh, kind of- Yeah, because everyone- (laughs) Yeah, like the the reason why that movie was, it's so strong and it's so strong even to this date is that it it avoided that thing that you're talking about, is that it's not focusing on a, historical like virus it's a fictional virus but it was written by um i believe Viral it was written by a screenwriter that you know uh, was well and learned he knew his method. stuff yeah he, he knew, knew his stuff a writer yeah so that is why the the strength of contagion still resonates now and it will likely resonate even in future like future mm-hmm. like uh, movie watchers will look at this film and go like oh my word yeah. Because there will definitely be pandemics like this in the future. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. So that's. I think that's how. I think um, Shafi. I think that's how a film can like avoid that sense of datedness. Is is that um, it's. um, I I mean, it's rare. You know. I mean, it's not like the screenwriter was aiming to make Contagion uh, a a a film that can like surpass any point in time, but is it's that the way they done it is that it had it, it has that stance to like prolong the time it came out in 2009 i think it came out in 2009 uh but it it's surpassed that and it's gone long beyond because it touches on things that just yeah it has a, a, yeah. a longer stance longevity yeah i but i think the one thing this movie did very well was kind of it it, it actually does it it's because Set, before I watched this movie, right, I always laughed whenever I saw like the KKK done something, especially if it was something that didn't really affect people. If they did something within themselves, like a ritual mm. or something, I found it quite funny because they're sitting here with this like flappy stuff on their heads. They're looking pretty goofy. They, you can't really take them seriously. But what they did was they actually made them quite fearful, even in the rituals, because like when they watched The Birth of a Nation, Right, when they watch that movie, the way they react to the movie, like it's sort of like they flip the two minutes of hate in 1984. So like the two minutes of hate in 1984 is when they watch a film and they see the enemy of the state, they get very angry, like a visceral anger towards it and they start throwing things. This is like mm. the opposite. This is like a visceral joy at watching this happen. And that's really, it really sets the fear within you to see that people actually react like that. Mm. Well, I, I doubt I doubt that one actually saw that, but I, I can believe it's something believable. It's something how you get the real animalistic version of your of your inner 
like these people's yeah. inner hate comes out and you just see it manifest in the worst way like joy mm. at seeing people suffer it's mm. one of the most evil things i can imagine like having joy and seeing people suffer and not just like an enjoyment like a full-out party joy it's one of the it's one of the it's one of the most impactful things in the movie for me is that scene yeah um I yeah Okay, wait, so Skygo, yeah, Skygo. Okay. Can you repeat yourself, please? Yeah. Um, I was saying, on top, of, on top of what Zach said about how, how the fear was instilled, I think they also did that quite well with the cross burning at the end, how they were all hmm. hailing you know a a symbol of christianity that's supposed to apparently be a loving thing literally burning mm. it kind of eesh. yeah it's, yeah and I, honestly i never understood why they did that um because i mean uh, i mean yeah. i could i could go into how i mean you can you especially hear how david Duke talks about how he manipulates the christian faith into something racist which it is not he manipulates it in a way where it's how, where he sort of makes his believers because he he becomes a religious figure right this yeah. is like a part of cult like occultism religion mm. it he twists it in a way where it's their religious symbol how a christian's religious symbol is just the cross on its own because it represents sacrifice this is the how it's the rejection of that sacrifice it is mm. to show superiority by burning yeah. it that's yeah that's what i think that's yeah. my deeper into it yeah i think i think i've been spending too much time in english class starting to look into <laughs> things trying to look into things oh shafi sorry you wanted to say something uh, go ahead um i was gonna say that like that portrayal of like um the clanners and um uh as like these very conniving and um dark individuals i think um i would i would i would disagree with your take that um generally uh, i would assume that you'd have this perspective that we should sort of portray these people as pure evil um in my personal opinion i think sort of mocking them and sort of not giving them the that image they um they aspire to um the biggest lie yeah. that um neo-nazis like to sell themselves on is that the, they're these like they were these um crazy know, like very, very evil crazy people. Uh, well not mm. crazy but very evil people when in yeah. fact they were actually very incompetent at running the government their yeah, entire economy was just their uh, entire economy was just reliant on um on looting um it's, uh, it's amazing among, like uh, they they watched I mean, the invasion of the soviet union among many other things right. it was, it was mean, just like, a mess yeah, and, that's the thing i mean yeah that's the thing it's you can you can do both you can talk about how hate is something that should be feared and then you can also make fun of them like south park because mm. the way like i mean you saw ron wanted to make fun of him being called the grand wizard right <laughs> the grand wizard like come on that that that's... joke writes itself man they're yeah. wearing robes he's a grand wizard I mean, come on, guys. Like, no one's taking you seriously when you call yourself the Grand Wizard. Yeah, you know, I think you know, Shafi is touching on something. I think in a lot of uh, popular media that we've seen is that, like, you know, certain groups are portrayed in, like, a sort of character, 
characteristic type of lens. Mm. Um, and that, you know, also like the neo-Nazis often are portrayed as like these drunkard, fat, uh, you know, lazy Tattoos, very, very shitty tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and and you know, it's it is true there are those that are like that, but I think it is also important to also like um kind of like also like you know, because I mean these are still human beings, uh, and human mm. beings are just absurdly complicated people. Are they, and, <laughs> yeah, no, human beings are just absurdly complicated people and I think this I think we should all know this like when whenever we're creating our own pieces is that like um I, I think what Spike Lee was trying to do here in Black Klansman, he was you know going all out and making these guys look ridiculous for comedy's sake. Yeah. So but I think in, in all forms and all like stances we should just like watch how individuals are portrayed mm -hmm. and you know like also like let's take Game of Thrones for example, like even the villains there have some form of like moral complexity like Cersei Lannister or um yeah, I mean, yeah you can you can say the same for something like um okay I'm gonna go into the weave territory here but something like um, like Yagami and Death Note now I'm being serious <laughs> oh, he, yeah. he, he deals he deals with the fact that he's got the power to kill people and how is he going to use it? so he becomes a morally complex character and at the end he becomes the villain that mm. is moral complexity but there's also there is also a space in media for just black and white these people are bad. These yeah. people are good. Just straight up, what pick a side? One side's bad. One side's good. Yeah, I think that there's space for that, and there's also space for the whole moral complexity and stuff. And yeah, I mean, every Marvel movie before End, um, Infinity War, and Endgame was like that, where you had your heroes and your villains, and then Thanos showed up and made life complicated. How about before? Before Civil War, because that that movie. Oh, before Civil War, oh, yeah. I think you're a, There we go. Civil War was the real game changer. Oh yeah, no Civil exactly. War. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I love my boy Thanos. Uh, I don't agree yeah. with him. No, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jeez, I just thought he's he was awesome. Bug. Like he he just oh, destroyed God. everyone. I thought that was that was G man. That was just G. Um, um, so yeah, he used G codes. Uh, yeah, what else? I had while I was watching the movie. Uh, no, I can't think of it now. Yeah. Yeah. But just, anyway, just like on I'll Twitter, just tweet it when you remember it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going to give it a solid um, four stars out of five. Very good movie. Watch it. It's entertaining. The scene where. The, the, the KKK guy asks um, Flip to see his penis. It's actually quite hilarious. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, I you mean, oh, that was so. I mean, no. I mean, oh. like, how obsessed? How sure do you have to be that you're not talking to someone, some type of person you don't like, that you're willing to see something like that? Like, it's and that just shows the the absolute obsessiveness of Felix and his craziness. Oh, no, I, I, I want to talk about the wife's character because I think there's actually something really complex in Felix's wife's character because to me, it doesn't actually, to, to me, it seems like she doesn't actually think it would have ever happened what they were planning. It feels like she thought it would have just, it was all talk. Mm -hmm. And so like she says, it, 
it feels like a dream to her it's sort of just like she keeps thinking about it in this utopian sense that when it actually push comes to sub and they have to do something she kind of she kind of loses all of that bravado she had she doesn't she doesn't follow through with all i understand she starts crumbling and she starts that's the thing that's what i think she 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 wasn't expecting it to be as real as she did she thought it was just going to be like it's almost like when the person who's played call of duty their whole life actually goes to the military and sees what real combat's yeah. like mm, mm. Oh. no i think he touched it zach I, I i i think i completely agree with you there and also like you know the scene where she's in the phone booth like you can just see that this woman is crumbling you know the this yeah. this facade of of you know uh this, hey, the hatred uh towards um uh the uh black people was just like i mean it was just talk um she probably Do does believe Adam, it but to actually act on it uh no uh, Sh shafi i have a question for you sure do you believe Adam Driver enjoyed his script? Um, I can't. I can't like say that. I can't say for sure. Um, but <laughs> like, I, I genuinely because like if I because like I can't really make a claim like that. I can't say like. I know. I mean, yeah. Um, okay. No, maybe. Shelfy, <laughs> if you had to write a screenplay. Mm -hmm. And it was about like this time in history. Which actor would you pick to say like which white actor would you pick to be the racist? Just 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 Ooh. choose one. Ooh, <laughs> just make it as funny uh, as possible. Well, like it depends on what kind of racist you're talking about, because like there's the sort of um I'm uh, talking like I'm talking like this type of racist, like not 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 like the very uh, affluent liberal get out racist, no. Mm -hmm. Damn, because I was gonna say like someone like um, because like George I'm thinking Clooney. like a a very um, I think George Clooney could probably play the role, but um, mm. uh, this guy, the guy who plays James Bond, could be like a very Daniel um, Daniel yeah, 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 a very shave um, his head, give him yeah, like the iron cross tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he could play a neo-Nazi, but I think he could play like a. Like, like just a very, very like a terrible. affluent sort of racist, you know, like um, not like racist in the sense that he goes to like clan rallies, but racist in the sense that he treats his um, uh, migrant workers horribly. <laughs> um, wow. No, okay. So Daniel Craig, if you're listening to this, which I doubt you are, uh, call him up, man. We can write a script. You know, your Oscar will finally come, my guy. Mm. Like, make it happen. Yeah, I mean the Oscars—they love um, um, stories about race. Yeah, they love the stories about racism. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think shall shall we? Yeah, let's uh, give a rating. Oh yeah, quick quick question. Okay, right. Let's first give our rating because this is another topic I want to talk about. We're going back to our favorite topic, but anyway, go um, Shafi and Kai need to give their ratings. Yeah. And me, you gave yours. Oh no, no, that was at the beginning, but like his, yeah. his actual rate, his like final, final rating of the film. Yeah, yeah sorry, go Kanye, you start. Okay, I think, I, I, okay, as we've been talking, I've been like, you know, talking to you guys and getting your guys' views, I've been jumping between four and 4.5. I think I'm going to settle on four. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the film, 
it's still very good. No, don't I, I don't doubt that. Just like you know the you know that emotion, you know when a film, you know, makes you feel something like just beyond like its technical um brilliance. Um I've I've lost that towards the film. Uh, but I still believe in its excellence. So yeah, I'll give it a uh, four out of five. Shafi. Um, I don't know. I'd say it was a pretty good film. I think um, Kanye's point about it being a little bit dated was correct. I think it was very funny. Um, the script was well written. Was well written. I think I'll give it um six, six or seven. Six out of five. What? Oh, out, out of ten. Five. I thought you meant out of ten. Sorry. Five stars. If we're talking out of five, yeah, then. The, the 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 or rating system. Oh. So if we're gonna go out of five, I don't know, maybe I think I'll go with three point five to four um out of five. Okay, so we almost got a consensus here. Okay, go Kai. Okay, my rating is going to end up being also four. I really did enjoy this movie and it was quite funny as well. So Yeah. Okay. Oh. So I think we're gonna leave this episode here. Um, you can follow us. Anything else? Oh no, never mind. It's okay. We can talk after the recording because it's got nothing really to do with this. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to love you and leave you guys. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WK Film Lab. I post on Twitter. Who posts on the Instagram? That would be me. Kanye. Okay, Kanye posts on the Instagram. Follow us there for regular updates. And we the episode should be out by. Tuesday, February 2nd, hopefully. Yeah, and, um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Please share with all your friends, and we will see you next week with another movie. Peace out. Bye. Bye.